This is a Rooster Teeth production. In Indiana stands a public library that is over 130 years old. For decades, there have been rumors swirling of a ghost that inhabits the building. Others still say that there is more than one. The story has gained so much traction that the library now boasts several 24-7 livestream feeds for anyone to monitor. Today, we discuss the haunting of Willard Library. This is Red Web. Hello and welcome back, Task Force. It's Monday, so you know what that means. Mm -hmm. It's time to discuss another unsolved, spooky mystery. We're going back into ghosts, Alfredo. I'm your host, Trevor Collins. With me, like I mentioned, Alfredo Diaz. Boo. Oh! Yeah, gotcha. Got me. So, you're (laughs) telling me. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you get, right, ghosts, few and far between, right? Many. I could walk outside, get struck by lightning, Mm -hmm. pass away. Sure. Good chance I'm not going to become a ghost. Or is there a high likelihood that you're a ghost? Oh, and I you just don't cross the ghost this world and I just don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd like to think that there's a low probability. And with that thought, mm-hmm. makes me go, why would you want to haunt a library? That's a good question. Yeah. And actually, uh, I'm going to jump the gun on this one. There, the theories section, as we always have, to address mm-hmm. whatever mysteries are going on. Uh, is is particular in this one because we're uh, it's been a while since we've talked about ghosts, but we're going to talk about the story, the history of the library, the stories of the sightings, mm-hmm. and then the theories are are very brief. It's really to attempt to solve who the ghost is, if we can. Um, there are some rumors out there as to who this ghost might be, but it's really interesting. Book nerd, this that's who it is. Uh, definitely right. You're that not or going to the library spirit. for VHS tapes. I, listen, I don't know if I would ever want to be a ghost. I just don't know if I can handle uh, or even fathom inf- infinite time. Un- just ever present. It would get boring over it, right? You, right. You could go anywhere you want, do whatever you want, almost well, kind of, like as long as it's within the ghost plane, but like it'd be boring. I feel like it would, unless it's like a ghost story, Casey Affleck style, where you're wearing a bed sheet and you just stand there. Oh. And you, you play some eerie music and you just watch a woman eat a pie for five minutes in a scene. Yeah. I mean, that happened. And then time kind of jumps, yeah. right? As they feel yeah. static. And so they just witness time ramp up into the future. That would be interesting. That would be cool. Like a time lapse Or ghost. if it was like, I had a group of people, like Ghost Gang. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what are we what are we laughing <laughs> hey no i'm just serious i'm sorry i don't want to be alone when i'm a ghost <laughs> you know what i mean goes gang you yeah. just around like i said boo <laughs> i said boo yo <laughs> all right well let's talk about willard library um i'm from indiana so this is a really interesting one for me have you been to this library i haven't been to this library but i also don't really i never really frequented evansville it's right down in the a little corner of of Indiana. It's almost fallen off the state, but oh yeah. So let's talk about it. So Willard Library is a private donation library that was incorporated back in 1881 in order to serve the city of Evansville, Indiana, as well as to carry out the terms of a private trust. Uh, we'll talk about how this trust came to be in just a second, but this hmm. library is known for its Victorian goth style. It has a lot of historical significance to the town. It also boasts a large genealogy 
department. There are a lot of resources under this kind of subject. And there's also, of course, the paranormal activity of which mm. we're going to be discussing. How big is this place? Well, that's a good question, actually. Uh, Christian, I don't I don't have that answer. Do you know how In big this place is? In terms of, like, square like, footage? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, square footage, or... how many floors, their basement. How many beds, baths? I'm just, I'm just you know, let yeah. me know. Right, exactly. Multiple kitchens, you know, mother-in-law suite. Like, what's the what real estate value of this place? Right. You know, you'd think that info would be very easy to find, and it's not. Every time they try to get the, the place scoped out, yeah. you know, they're just like, they just, no. they get too, no, nah, I in. can't go in there. I saw no something. No measuring tapes. That's, it's a pretty specific rule they have. No <laughs> measuring tapes. And um, anytime they no show rulers. up to measure it with their ruler, yeah. like a foot long ruler, know. takes a lot of time. And then they see a ghost and they forget where they were. Oh, damn. It's pretty big. Oh, I don't have measurements, but I have a picture. If you can see it from across oh, the room. Oh, it looks like it's, two it's floors. size. Not yeah. sure if there's yeah. a, do they, okay, wait. You live in Indiana? Yeah. Are there basements in Indiana? Definitely. I'm going to assume that there's a basement in this place. So it looks like two floors, possible basement, and then maybe some attics. It like, seems it like it's kind of like towers. It definitely looked like there was a tower with a third yeah. floor. Now that, like, that's where you find ghosts. The, the place looks like if you walked in with a sorting hat and a wand that you'd be welcome there. Hmm. There is indeed a basement. Bam. Talking about Narnia? A, a yeah. children's room, yes. apparently. Oh. Wait, wait the, basement the basement is, is the children's, children's room? It's, it not, it's not entirely the children's room, but it has the children's room. Problem. Red flag. That's Interesting decisions. Well, now you know, know what? The more red flags I see, the more likely we are to show up at that location. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, Willard Carpenter was the man who kind of kicked this off, and he was known as Evansville's pioneer of public charity, which is why he built and endowed this library in the first place. In fact, he established a trust fund in 1876 in which he wrote, quote, I have concluded to establish and endow a public library to be located in a public park on land owned by me, situated in the city of Evansville. I'm induced to do this in well-grounded hope that such an institution may become useful toward the improvement of the morale and intellectual culture of the inhabitants of Evansville, and also toward the enlargement and diffusion of a taste for the fine arts. So this man seems to be uh, after something nice and selfless. Yeah, uh, that's I feel awesome. like a disposition that you know feels rare these days. But yeah, he's just like you know what I want to help uh, brighten the environment here of the citizens, their their understanding of the fine arts, their Very intellectual. Generous. That place looks um, huge. Yeah, and it's beautiful too. Now I want to read the notes as I have them. Okay. It says Willard was one twelfth children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? He was one twelfth a child at all times. <laughs> just. Look, it's in the outline. It's fact. <laughs> if it's in the one outline, it's real. Twelve children. No, Willard was one of twelve children, and he actually made a fortune in real estate and was a member of the city council. So this oh, guy's wow. obviously very, you know, he's got a big family, but he also earned wealth, which he is now turning around to kind of help uh, build this town. But in addition to that, he also built one of the town's first railroads. He was also a very strong and loud abolitionist. So this seems like a pretty swell guy. As for his family history, it was a pretty well-known fact that he had a strained relationship with his three children, Luis, Marcia, and Albert. A strange or a strained? Strained. Strained. A strained relationship, yeah. Mm. So some tension between him and his kids. Now, a lot of people think it's unclear as to why they had this rough dynamic prior to the funding of the library. Um, but after the funding of the library, it becomes a little bit more clear, perhaps, because Carpenter had written that Luis her husband and her siblings would receive nothing in his will 
and left most of his established wealth to his businesses, such as the Willard Library. So maybe this Damn. could be why they what do they do? Like, I don't know. You know, it, it could be kind of like that Bill Gates sort of situation where they're like, listen, I'm a billionaire. I'm going to give you like a couple mil right. and the rest is going to Je- charity. Jesus Christ. A right. couple mil? Just enough to set you up for life. Nothing big. Nothing, you know? nothing big at all. <laughs> Look, I'll just enough to set you up for life, but not your children. Right. Not your children. This isn't generations. That's right. This it could be. Generational you know? charity. I mean, now it kind of makes sense as to why the children section was in the basement. Oh, maybe he just, you know, being one twelfth children, you'd think that <laughs> he would put that up top, right? It's with true. the room with the view. Yeah. But instead, I think, you know. It's like, no. Maybe he had. He shuns that part of He people. shuns that part. <laughs> he shuns that. He's like, listen, I'm 11 twelfths adult. I'm putting the kids in the basement. Okay. But, Daddy worked for this money. He's getting exactly. the roof. Yeah. He's getting the, yeah, he's getting the views. Like, I mean, man, there's got to be some kind of falling out. I, I imagine, think. right? Because like, because it sounds like Granted, it was strained is, prior to the funding it, part. Yeah. It, it didn't seem like, it doesn't, the whole like, the strain on the the relationship with the kids doesn't make it seem like it's like, hey, go out and make your own money, mm-hmm. do your own thing. Yeah, right. Like I get that. You know, Gordon Ramsay does that. Chef Ramsay, and he makes food. So makes, I mean, yeah, exactly. Dang. But um, he's like, go make your own wealth. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's totally valid. It's just, I guess, whether it was personal affairs or otherwise, it's it's like not broadly known as to why that issues. relationship was like that. Yeah. yeah. But. Anyway, I mean, now we have some more substantial reasoning with the finances and whatnot. Hey, daughter, daughter's husband, siblings of my daughter, for some reason, you're not getting uh, a lick of this. No. Which is interesting. No. Um, Now, with regards to the building of the library, that began in 1876 at the intersections, or roughly, uh, of First Avenue and Pennsylvania Street in Carpentersfield. Now, the struggling economy at the time called for a pause in the construction around 1877. So it only began construction for about a year. And then they left the foundation of the library untouched for about five years. Holy. That's enough time to really kind of screw with what you built. But yeah, five years, it kind of just went sat. I mean, not that they were going to make money off of this, but to just leave it sitting there for five years, that's... Damn, that's a long time. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to build a library. Maybe you want to build a spaceship or something. Well, then you just keep the foundation as is and start launching off. That's true. Yeah. But the building resumed in 1882, and Carpenter devoted the rest of his life to the supervision of this building, leaving his children to wander the parks and fields and... No, look at <laughs> Look at what they can't have. That was just some filler as I turned the page. Um, no, but I mean, he, he was very passionate about this project and all the other affairs that he was working with, uh, as far as like, not only just building this library, but the other, like the railroad and everything else. So he wanted to work very directly with the architects. Uh, he hired the workmen himself. Again, he was very hands-on and he oversaw what materials were being used to ensure only the best was being put towards this library. Damn, this place sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. Except right? for the basement. Except for the basement, or i.e., the children's ward. That's true. Where they go to kind of play in their windowless pit. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, it, it's a beautiful, it really is a beautiful facility. No, but you're not wrong. Um, There's no windows down there in the basement. Right. But um, kind of flashing forward now, Carpenter passed away at the age of 80 in November 6th of 1883. Now, this was before the library was properly finished. And his death actually jeopardized the funding of the library. So instead of leaving his fortune to his children, as I mentioned, he left it to the estate. 
which was then kind of relegated to the library in order for them to continue construction. Mm -hmm. And of course, the children at this time, not really children, but young adults hated oh, them for it. He never got to see it be finished. And I completed. never got to see it. That's know? unfortunate. It really is, especially with how, I mean, it seemed like this was his passion project, yeah. right? Like, it seems like he, you know, for, for better or worse, grew away from his family and grew towards these, um, what's the word? Um, Phalanges. Yeah, phalanges. More philanthropic <laughs> efforts. That actually helped. That actually, that actually helped. That actually helped me. Did you just make that up? Yeah. Leave that all in. That was amazing. No, philanthrop philanthropy. Um, but anyway, uh, a formal opening of the library was held on March 28th of 1885. So around, you know, a year and a half after he passed. And in August of 1896, his youngest daughter, Louise Carpenter, sued to have access to the inheritance using the claim. Come on! Yeah. Well, guess what her claim was? This is very HBO's oh succession-esque. So okay, let me yeah. draw this out of you. What do you think her claim was as to, like, listen, I'm trying to get back at that inheritance, you know, 10 years on, 11 years on. Ooh. Shouldn't belong to the library. I'm getting it back. No. What's her reasoning? Rightful ownership? Less inheritance and more ownership of the... It was facility? a claim around her father. She claimed that her father... You're close. She claimed that her father was in a poor state of mind yeah, at the time yeah. when he was writing his will, right? Yeah. And that's that's going to happen every now and then when you have some uh, upset feelings and someone's writing their will towards the end of life. It leaves open that kind of yeah. nefarious argument to say like, well, maybe you just weren't of right mind. And, th and then that dra draws into question the entirety, the sanctity of a will, right? It <sighs> But suffice to say, she lost. It's not like it was a Bugatti or anything like that. <laughs> like, this thing is a right. damn public library and a really nice right. one, too. Right. And just like, no, I want it. I want it. It's mine. I'm going to get it. I mean, you might as well have walked up to the damn building and go, mm. Kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> Real Poseidon rage right yeah. there. Yeah. <clears throat> kick the side and, of the building. Yeah, like, take that crown molding. Child. Bang. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I, I kind of get it, but I also don't. So, like, ultimately, really? though, as you can imagine, yeah. she lost and the library continued to <laughs> yeah. grow, right? Because <laughs> the library had these funds not only to just finish construction, but to continue investing in itself and to grow. Um, you know, Carpenter was an agent, actually, for the Underground Railroad before the Civil War. So it was one of his missions and actually requirements for the library uh, was actually, and I'll quote him here, was to, quote, be maintained for the free use of all persons who may desire to consult it. Now, this makes sense to us, right? A public library being free to use for the town, for, for citizens of an area, you know. But the definition of a, quote, public library was rare. I mean, like, almost unheard of at this time. I, I think I looked it up before the episode, and the oldest library in the United States goes back to the 1830s, so a few decades prior to this. But regardless, it wasn't really commonplace. It, it, so this kind of definition for a library where it feels entirely selfless and for the benefit of all humans was... Carpenter sounds awesome. He sounds awesome, he right? Sounds like Minus his great fa familial person. stuff, but like he sounds awesome. Yeah, and his kids could be a little... Sh sure. You know? Maybe that maybe there was something we don't know Appreciate about. Gotcha. But because of this, many people considered this a risky endeavor, right? Because otherwise you're thinking entrepreneurship, you gotta make a dime out of this thing. Yeah. Um, but but also given the social climate of the 19th century, uh, there's a lot of mm -hmm. uh, accepted risk in this play. But otherwise, I think this is a very modern 
initiative, right? I think it's very worth it. But Carpenter's idea for Willard Library actually um, was that of a college, uh, a place of education. But instead, he chose to make it a library. And I'll kind of go in very briefly into the kind of origin of that. Now, while he was living in Troy, New York, another place I actually lived, Carpenter admired Emma Willard's school. Originally, it was called Troy Female Seminary, but the Emma Willard School was the first women's higher education institution in the United States and was founded by women's right advocate Emma Willard back in 1814. It's just kind of serendipitous that his first name and her last name are Willard, but because of that, he named the library Willard Library, not only because of his first name, but because of her last name, rather than naming it after his last name, which was commonplace. What hasn't Carpenter done wrong? I don't know, man. Let's. I don't know if I want to dig, though. I'm. A, I'm terrified. I mean, probably done something wrong. That's what. That's what has. Uh, social media has trained me to think that there's always right. something it's under always the surface. Something. You must have kicked a dog or something Ugh. crossing the street. Yeah, that's a mystery. I don't want to yeah. uncover Arr! right now. Yeah. Oh, so stop! No. Come on, the Fido. But yeah, that's that is the kind of origin. The just kind of give you the playing field for what this library is about, where it's at, how it came to pass, how it came to be. Um, but now let's go into the hauntings, some of the sightings, because this is one of those places that has a named ghost, not, not like a, like Doris or something like a name like that, but a, but it has, um, a ghost that has been seen many times that is referred to often as the lady in gray or the gray lady. Now this oh, is a, yeah, this is a very common a, name. It's not a male. No. I was thinking maybe the first, my first thought was Carpenter. Oh, like himself. Himself. That's not a bad idea or a bad guess. Admiring his work. Right, right. Because he never saw it come to yeah. fruition. It made sense to me. Stands to reason. Maybe not. Maybe there's room in this for Willard, though. Oh. Stand by. Um, now, I do want to address, like, I'm sure everybody listening in the task force is like, oh, I've heard of the Lady in Grey. Now, it is a common reference um, for... Uh, when you don't know, like, the identity of the ghost, if you don't know who they were in, in life... It's common to refer to them as Lady in Grey. In fact, where this is a small plug and a sidebar. There is a show we did um, at our parent company, Rooster Teeth, called mm-hmm. Haunter. Mm-hmm. And that's available on roosterteeth.com if you want to check it out, or the Rooster Teeth app. And when I did a few of those episodes, one was at Michelin Priory over in England. And one of the things I got to do was hang out on the moat all by myself, Mm-mm. this ancient place, and try to taunt the Lady in Grey. That was mm. one of the things that we would do to spur up some activity. And I'll tell you what. You're sick. It it was like, listen, I got to be Braveheart, but I was, listen, I was experiencing some, some things. It was spooky times. And they also, another thing they did to initiate me into the Haunter show was tie me to the bed in the Priory for an hour as they left. They the left. Hell no. So I'm in this e- eerie, creaky place. Mm-hmm. And I was I was witnessing and hearing all sorts of things I was not into. But that... Spilling the beans. That experience, man. Like, okay, that gave me some like... I'm bartering at that point. Like, look, you could take my soul, but... <laughs> There's like 30 juicy souls outside of this building. I'll help you get it. <laughs> right, right. You can leave me be and I'll yeah, help you out. Right. Yeah. You can Some 13 ghost style or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, I, I digress. But that ghost was also referred to as the gray lady. She would walk oh. the grounds and uh, supposedly her son had been um, unfortunately hanged on, by accident. And, uh, and so, yeah, I had to antagonize a woman and her child. Uh, in the afterlife. Anyway, go check that out, by the way. Rooster you that. It was, should build a library to make up for that. I sh- you know what? I will. 
It's going to be a baby library for baby hands. It's really tiny. It's going to be a library for ants, but it'll be done. Doorknobs so tiny, we can't even open it. <laughs> Ghosts can't get in. Um, now, as I mentioned, the library opened in 1885. The first reported sighting of the Grey Lady Ghost wasn't until 1937. This initial sighting was actually by the custodian at the time. And since then, there have been many reports of unexplained events by visitors to the library, many of whom knew nothing about the established reports of the Grey Lady, right? Because that's one of the things that happens with hauntings is that people come in with a preconceived notion. They go, you start to look for things to happen. And so you attribute those to whatever ghost stories are out there. But many of these early stories were coming from people that had no idea that there had been other sightings. And so that to me is like, check Ooh, in the in the column okay. of okay something's going on here right? yeah instead of like the i mean we see that a lot with different things whether it be murders or sightings etc mm-hmm. but like it starts to gain traction and then people want to get involved in it yeah right? they want to have a story yeah they want to have their story but th- now i like that yeah that's it, one of the things i subconsciously like look for it brings more like i don't know weight and truth to it for me yeah for Almost sure like a ton of people that this hasn't even blown up yet. Haven't even talked to each other. Like, I've seen some stuff. Right. Because, like, the thing is, I'm not superstitious, but I am right. a little stitious, right? Like, I, in the daylight, I'm brave as hell. But then mm-hmm. when I go, you know, I mean, you and I did that um, that haunt for the Halloween special last year. And and we went to a place. We walked around. That's how we did our special yeah, episode that year. and you guys to throw and... our backs against the dark hallway that led into <laughs> oh. a church. So the whole time, I was like, hell no. But that's I'm the... just going to look back at it. Yeah. You just stared backwards the whole time, and I needed that. I needed some eyes on, like, that's my personal you know phobia is, like, like lassophobia, but with I'm not gonna big, re- open, dark right. hallways. Exactly. I don't like it. Exactly. I'm not going to rely on someone behind the camera just being like, oh. Right, right. Like, I, peeking it, off to the side. I don't want my warning sign to be the camera drop, or, like, the camera's hovering in the air as somebody, like, Looney tunes out the building, exactly. and the camera's just spinning there. But when it comes to being on location, though, and the sun goes down, Man, my beliefs start to like wane a little bit, like start to increase. I start to like start hearing things and yeah. seeing things, and I go, "Oh, maybe." Man, when, I don't yeah. know what I don't know, you know. When the world starts to quiet down, and, oh man, and you're not supposed to hear noises, you start hearing things. Yeah, man, yeah. Sure. Well, let's go back to this initial sighting. So, as the story goes, the janitor was making his nightly rounds throughout the library around 3 a.m., known as the witching hour. Oh. Um, now, he was following his normal path when he strolled down to the basement stairs. So, yes, there's a basement for sure. Mm-hmm. He strolled down the basement stairs, down a small corridor, and began to head towards the furnace. At that moment, a veiled woman wearing gray appeared before him. There it is. Now, remember, this is the first sighting, and this guy has probably been working there for quite some time. This library has been open up for almost 50 years oh, man, by this why point. Now? Right. And so... He's walking down the corridor. He sees this, and out of fear, he drops the flashlight. He bolts. Now, when he picked it back up again to check the hallway, when he comes back, he picks it up. He goes, okay, no. no. What did I see? The woman had disappeared. Right Back tomorrow. Well, he didn't come back tomorrow. In fact, he fled, and as soon as he got out and came back to the library the next day, he quit. Like, that was it. He was donezo. He left his post. And I don't blame him. Man, you gotta. What would be you do? So, br- I wouldn't even have that job in the first place. But but there's no haunt. This is like just this is just a library, dude. I mean, cleaning you can kick the a lights damn off. library with a basement in the middle of the night. Yeah, Hell but like, no, bro. 
Okay. Well, you know, like you get a little torch going on. I mean, dude, I it could be a ghost. A I cryptid. mean, electricity just kicked on around this time, so you're like, you know, pop on some lights, I dude. I don't care. There's dark spots everywhere. Flashlight. Also, who's That's a, what this man has? Who's to say there isn't just I don't know ghosts and stuff that right that that I, will attack see, you in the light. See, I wanted to come after you for that. But here's the thing. I just substantiated your claim of like, who's to say there isn't a ghost in the weights, right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, this ghost slept around for like, okay, I didn't mean slept around in that way. I just, <laughs> excuse me no, here. No, I just no. mean like this ghost was sleeping on the snooze button for like nearly 50 years, right? Yeah. I mean, if she wants to sleep around a little bit, that's her prerogative. What, I don't, you know, I don't. Ectoplasm. I listen. I need a sample. I don't know. We got we got to get out in the field and investigate. <laughs> we got to get out various there. ways. You know, <laughs> we just got to figure it all if out. If they're unwilling, we got to be willing. Um, I'm just saying, if we're investigating an area, where to be a cryptid or a ghost or whatever. If there's goop, we got to analyze it. Absolutely, we, we don't do. know what kind of Taste goop it could first. be. <laughs> well, I'll that's a ghost <laughs> right there. Aerate it. Cover all nine thousand taste buds. <laughs> that's a ghost. Force taste division. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just an empty room. We don't go in there. Um, but but anyway, yeah. So he came so he came back and he quit. And I don't blame him because no, not at all. 50 years Hell, of like, just smart. quiet, polite library activity. Damn. And one night it goes I can't south. imagine like doing that. Yeah. Doing that all by yourself. Now, again, I reference Mothman because that was one of like the cases where we really dove into the idea of shared sightings, right? And so after he quit, this could be a, a spurring of from this story, or it could be just the initiation of a haunt of a ghost being established in this area. But either way, Margaret Meyer, who was a children's librarian, and Helen Cam, who was a library assistant, and many other employees, too long of a list that I won't name, they also began encountering the Lady in Grey as well. So without going into all those various stories, it is generally said, that she would roam the halls with books. She would linger on the stairways and sometimes even appear in the elevator where if she appeared with you in oh, the elevator, there would hell. be no escape until you reached the appropriate hell. floor. Dude, can you imagine how terrifying that is? Say, I mean, granted, this is like any amount of time mm -hmm. with a ghost would be terrifying sure. in a confined space like that. <laughs> but like, at least this is like, three floors you know what i mean right you're not it's in there not for like, like 80 floors you're just <laughs> right. staring at the thing you're like hello i don't know like what would you actually do Dude, say, say, I don't say know, it was man. 80 floors would Woo! you would you at that point if it just stood there would your mind just settle a Dude, bit i don't know because I've, I've had that shock scare before when you when you like okay so now i'll just walk you through what i'm picturing and this is an old school elevator so you have the thing the sh like that right. shutter gate kind of yep. Right, and then like you hop in, you're like, I'm alone. I'm going to the children's ward. Let's go down. And so you hit the button. You're like, la di da di da. There's no elevator music. You got to make it yourself. And then you like you turn to your left and you catch a glimpse of something. You're like, but you know in your heart of hearts that you are in an empty little elevator. So yeah. you look full on. You see something there Dude. immediately. I can feel because I've had this jump. The tingles cover my body, and you just freeze and you stare at the thing and you back up because you can't go anywhere. No. You are trapped with no. this entity. Peaceful or otherwise, I hate this thought experiment you put me in, by the way. <laughs> Is it more terrifying uh -huh. if the ghost was staring at you or not staring at you? Or, third option, staring at you and just licking her lips. Just You like higher education? <laughs> <laughs> you go into the children's library? <laughs> Dude, I think all of it's bad. 
If she's staring at me, I'm out. I'm done. I'm passing out. <laughs> my safety mechanism, my safety mechanism kicks in, and, and then my consciousness goes eject, and I pass out there, then and there. I'm telling you, that's what would happen. I, I hate this. I it's, to be confined. Right, you're locked nah. in. Like, what do you do? Like that? Take the L, right? No matter what you do, it's over. <laughs> but what's the L, dude? Like, you are trapped. It there is no anything. fight or flight. It could be taken over. It could gut you like a fish i don't know whatever they want to do wake Smack up and you're a ghost. some books yeah you could wake up as a ghost dude well hello there task force it's that time again where i get to update you on what's going on with red web two updates first of all thank you all so much for coming out in droves to support the slanging and banging gym shirt that we released at store.roosterteeth.com that became the number one selling item in our store across the whole company Thanks to you, Task Force. So thank you very much. I believe that one's print on demand. So that means we shouldn't run out of inventory like we normally sell out very quickly. This one should keep flying off the shelves as long as you want it, unless you break the system, which is entirely possible. I don't put it past you. The other update is that we actually have a TikTok now. So if you're uh, TikTok inclined and you want bite-sized mysteries, that's the place that we're going to revisit some of the popular favorite episodes that we did, but in a much more truncated form. It also gives us the opportunity to talk about mysteries that are just much too short to fit in this kind of format. So if you want more mysteries, even the ones that are just bite-sized, head to our TikTok. It is the, uh, our handle is different for this. It is at the red web. So check us out there. It's different than our Instagram or our Twitter, but it is there. And we just launched the first one. With that said, let's talk about some of our fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Upstart. Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly and easily with a personal loan so you can start living your life. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get a fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart's model considers other factors beyond your credit score, like your income, employment, and other information, to find you a smarter rate for your loan. Check your rate in just five minutes for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com redweb. That's upstart.com redweb. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, go to upstart.com slash redweb. And as always, when it comes to finances, be sure to do your due diligence. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun way and an easy way to learn a new language. I like the fact that they gamify learning a language because I remember going to high school and having to memorize flashcards made it very boring, very transactional. And the fact that we are in Texas means that Spanish is a very, very useful language. So I like the fact that I can kind of gamify my learning of Spanish to be a little bit more conversational when it comes to, uh, to using the language. But Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel, their lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, so you know you're going to learn and have a good time while you do it. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com redweb. That's babbel.com redweb for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And the last sponsor I want to talk about today is actually... Uh, 
ourselves in a way. It is RTX. It's an event that we hold every single year here in Austin. And actually due to quarantine and everything like that, this is the first one we're going to do in person in a several years. I'm so excited about it. If you're listening to this point in the podcast, I know for a fact that you really like podcasts. So you should know at RTX, if you love podcasts, they have a podcast festival that you can attend. Red Web is going to be there. So we're going to be able to see you all. If you want to come out, we're going to have some panels. We're going to do meet and greets everything like that. We have so much to offer at our convention. It's here in Austin, Texas, where we record this podcast, and it's going to happen this summer from July 1st through 3rd. It's going to be a long three-day weekend filled with all sorts of uh, fun live recordings, meet and greets, like I said, panels. We have the uh, show floor filled with awesome stuff. It's going to be a good time. And like I said, Fredo and I, Christian, everybody's going to be there, so come hang out. RTX Austin takes the best in podcasting, gaming, and animation and brings it all to Austin, Texas for one unforgettable weekend. You can step into the exhibit hall and be transported into another world filled with cosplayers, live gaming, indie artists, and much more. Of course, health and safety is our number one priority. Masks will be required during the event, and we will follow the city guidelines as they are at the time of the event. If you want more information, head over to bit.ly slash RTX Austin 2022. That's the year number. Don't spell it out like a goofball. Also, RTX Austin, I believe, is all lowercase. If you want to type that out, it is case sensitive. So that link will take you to the website where you can learn about the badge information, everything else that's going on at RTX. But again, that's bit.ly slash RTX Austin 2022 to get your badge today. Hopefully, Task Force, we're going to see you there July 1st through 3rd this summer here in Austin, Texas. With that said, let's dive right back into this weird, haunted library. But anyway, I mentioned the elevator, not because I'm just making up where people have had encounters. No, there was specifically a story oh, from a visitor. It's messed up. Just a library visitor who had no idea that this place was haunted. They hop into the elevator and they encounter the gray lady. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that moment. But uh, there was also some high profile or relatively high profile um, stories as well. Like the local weathercaster actually also reported and encounter with one of the spirits here. So this was starting to become pretty well known. So this is where I start to go, okay, was this, um, you know, one sighting spurred others and it kind of became this mm -hmm. big thing that kind of spurred off of this one sighting or was, did we witness the origin of a haunt? Because this is a rare moment in ghost story kind of storytelling, right? In that you don't Usually, normally see the start of a haunt. You yeah. always just know of a place that's haunted, yep. right? Yeah, true. So it's so it's really interesting, and that will kind of play into the idea of the theories as to who this person might be. Is this place? Is this place still? Yeah. Uh, oh that, yeah. That's the, oh, so is it? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into like their kind of modern so stuff. We but. travel there. Okay. And we have Trevor ride the elevator up and down the whole night. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a soft spot for this place. I'll I'll tell you why in just actually in just a little bit. But uh, but yeah, still active this place. But coming back to some of the stories uh, and some of the general kind of through threads that a lot of people had, the shared experiences. Now, a lot of people that encountered this spirit said that her presence was often accompanied by a very heavy scent of perfume. Oh, um, specifically, pleasant. It does sound pleasant. Specifically, and we'll go into some of these things, but like lilac or lavender, a very floral perfume. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. And I'd, I'd actually wonder... If that was a very common scent, I mean, it is now, but I'd be curious, you know, if that was Back a, then. a very popular lady's scent uh, of a perfume in the early 1900s, you know? Um, sometimes now the lady in gray would play tricks, little goof, 
little goofster over here. Uh, on library visitors by turning on faucets and then turning them back off, making lights flicker, oh, sometimes on, throwing man. books off their shelves. Oh, man. So, you know, maybe she didn't really like books so much. Can't go throwing books. You're going to mess up the spine, dude. Oh, the I'm binding. Not, I'm not. I don't like this place. You're gonna uncrisp the pages. Don't mess. Don't mess around with me. Don't mess around with literature. Just this messed up. You step into the room. And they're like, finally, I got someone else to mess with that aren't books. <laughs> I would be gone. I wonder what the ghost would do. That like showed up. And you're just like, <sighs> oh, you were ready. ready <laughs> Arms at the waist. You're like, oh, people saying. I was hoping. Here you are. <laughs> I got you. you anoint your hands yeah. with some holy water. You're like, mm. you got, kiss I, the cross. I got holy knuckles. I got baby. you for two whole floors. <laughs> <laughs> two whole floors. You imagine it goes like, what the? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the ghost just goes like makes that meme, uh, that meme of that young girl with like the kind of buck teeth going yeah. oh, and then like just fades away <laughs> just fades that's now that's interesting um but here let's jump to kind of modern history about this place psychics visited the library in 2007 and they said they were able to verify that a ghost had been there and uh, many paranormal investigators actually brought their equipment in that was designed to detect ghosts you know emf readers mm -hmm. um heat uh, thermometers and, and uh, heat cameras and, and infrared and all that good stuff. And though there are mixed results from varying teams, many of them at least had minor encounters. There's also a group of lecturers from the University of Southern Indiana that visited the library as well. And they said that they saw a ghost peering into the water, which is interesting. You got a really um, and, and it seems like anything ghost. is the cool thing about this place that's being haunted it seems like anything is free game yeah right? it's not like oh just in the attic or right these set of children blocks it's like no anything that's a very good point yeah that you know that's a, actually a really good point cool. yeah because a lot of places you go they say oh well so and so is known this to chair. walk yeah or like this specific room or yeah or they want to play with the ball as we mm -hmm. experienced but mm -hmm. But this one seems very dynamic. Anything. Reactive. The water, mm -hmm. the books. Like, as lights. this place expanded, they would react in, like, in fact, um, I think I'm jumping. Oh, they would go into new expanded places of the library? Yeah. So, like, as they would remodel, it seemed that uh, activity would spike as almost as if to Whoa. say, like, I don't know if it was good or bad, if it was reactionary right. or whatever. But, yeah, there was some of the activity would kind of ebb and flow with the um, kind of remodeling or expansion of the library it's interesting, That's interesting. yeah because usually it's like they're haunted in an abandoned place or like a house or something like that you never hear about like a place that's actively being haunted and then expanded upon right yeah exactly and so i i did jump here in my notes but just to build on that fact you know there are two ghosts this is i told you i, I jumped the gun here just real quick but there are two Whoa. ghosts that have been spotted and both of them have that have been seen at all times of the day, but specifically the gray lady is the one that seems to get more active during periods of renovation or otherwise large changes. You know, just a reorganization of the way the library is laid out. But coming back a little bit, just backpedaling to give you more context for the two ghosts. Now, policemen during a certain time window, I believe was this policeman activity in the early 2000s as well, Christian? Mm, that's they don't a have a specific question. date. I would imagine it would be modern history at least. So while he looks that up, policemen were responding to a security alarm at the library. And when they got there, and again, responding to the alarm, 
they themselves spotted two ghosts in an upstairs window of the library. This is the first mention, historically, of a second ghost. This second ghost has since been seen around, um, but is often described as a shadow person or otherwise a dark mass. So, not nearly as common, but this is the... It, but it could also be that both ghosts maybe got conflated, thinking they were the same ghost, but now that we've seen both of them together... Well, this seems like such an active place, and now we're seeing two, two. separate... Yeah. What? I'm... Dang. It really is. Because you usually hear about, like, maybe there's a couple ghosts, but we're really, like you mentioned before, seeing the evolution of... Right. Of, These are of some origin stories. Yeah, bro. of this location. Yeah. And, and just more than ever, I'm just so curious as to how a ghost pops up after 50 years, and then eventually a second one pops up. Because so, so far, you haven't told me about, like, these books have murdered people or right right or like someone. i was on the elevator i saw the ghost and then i wasn't a person anymore yeah right? like i they're passed out and became a ghost it's like or just or just people passing away somewhere and then winding up here like it's just so wild really it seem like there's been any deaths on the actual site itself 100 it, it really draws into question like why one becomes a ghost or how even or and then also why certain locations right over others um, but that could be a whole other episode that would be very conversational because, like, there's so like few hard hitting pieces of concrete evidence. Uh, yeah, I bet they're like few that. and far between, if if any, really. And jumping in real quick, yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. find an exact year, but the policeman story was sometime in the '80s. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, especially okay. if there's like you know some alarms going off and stuff. But um, but let's jump forward to the last reported sighting. Now, this is why I thought you might find it interesting to go, because this is the last reported sighting that we know of. And it occurred back on August 10th of 2010. So it's been relatively oh, quiet, okay. you know, for about 12 years now. I was bracing myself. Yeah. Very well <laughs> Yesterday. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this last reported sighting occurred in the basement hallway by the assistant children's librarian. Uh, she just saw wandering in the hallway the gray lady, right? Uh, but ultimately, with regards to the ghost herself, the reasoning for her hiatus or disappearance even is unknown. This is a really, really interesting case because this is one of the first cases that I, I personally know about where yeah. we see a ghost start to haunt a place and yeah. potentially end. That's not very common no. at all uh, with, with haunted locations. But of course, we don't know why it started nor why it ended. But unless you have any other thoughts... I'm going to wrap up with just a couple of other odds and ends that people have kind of shared with their experiences over the time. It just seems like a pleasant place, even with the hauntings. It's yeah. just like nice ghosts. Yeah. I think it would definitely like shock you, especially if you're in the elevator. No matter how nice oh, people yeah, want to say a ghost Oh, yeah. I don't care how nice is. you are. You see a ghost. It's right. Like, whoa. Right. But yeah, I mean, otherwise it seems pretty, uh, it's not, it's not very, uh, overall scary or no, negative right people aren't getting slaughtered by the ghosts or not like chasing or people tormented out. right exactly. it's not like a poltergeist right yeah yeah so kind of some of the the commonalities in a lot of the stories uh from employees and visitors alike uh getting goosebumps smelling that lilac or lavender perfume uh things getting moved around overnight not being in their normal spots uh that cold feeling that you get from a uh, paranormal presence uh, many people hear strange noises across the library. Books and furniture also being moved around randomly. The feeling of something touching your hair and earrings is a commonality. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, and also now this one's interesting, Christian. I would love to dive in if you have any other information. But like odd items being found in the library. Now I'm wondering, Christian, is that kind of like timepieces? Almost like I just found this very out of date right. like, coin yes, or artifact. That would be insane. That'd be sick. Ooh, that is a good question. Let me try to find something. Or could it just be like this feels out of place, but it's like here I found this t- this stuff teddy bear. Ghosts pickpocketing. Pickpocketing and just and just leaving stuff giving around. from the rich and and or taking from the rich and giving to the needy by like hey give me that teddy bear little one that one's for yeah, the adults got, now yeah and leave that somewhere in the <laughs> you know because the them adults they need them teddy bears well, so, you know we can be cozied <laughs> up too sometimes snuggled in for bed you know <laughs> so there was someone in a room on the second floor there was an empty chair that they sat in during a meeting of some kind. And then afterward, they left the room and then they came back and uh, to show the the library director the chair for some reason. And the chair was gone. And then when she described the appearance of the chair, the guy said that there was never any chair like that in the building. Before. Oh, so that's so that's, that's even one more example. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a good example, though, because like that is something like I was thinking a piece out of time or like okay, a random right. tchotchke or something. But like but a whole piece of furniture popping and blipping out of time and space like that's like, how you that's do that wild <laughs> right like you gotta be like the ghost supreme or something like that to be able to pull that off yeah i've never heard of that before that's really interesting cool. yeah well okay let's come to these photos now because as i mentioned kind of in the hook um bringing you now into the modern history of this facility yes it is said that the last reported sighting was in 2010. Okay. But because of the popularity of this destination, in the mm-hmm. early 2000s, they set up webcams across their entire campus. Ooh, smart. Yeah, they they but they put up what they called these ghost cams throughout the library to give people all over the world the opportunity to take a look and search for the Lady in Grey. You could Wait, do like this they task. Streamed it? Yeah, they're streaming it 24/7. Whoa, that that man, this is so different than it's so any different. other haunt. Right? Are you kidding me? But here's the thing: like, this is finally another one of those mysteries those those stories that the task force can get their hands dirty with now as always if you're going to go out and you're going to you know hit up these websites to look at the streams always be respectful with you when you engage with yeah. the broad world they I mean, don't know that we're talking about them so like you know be respectful you're representing out there. the task force right. badge when you wear the badge you represent exactly and you got to show that respect and you also punch ghosts in the face absolutely so um, the six cameras that we have are located in a couple of hot spots. The children's room, the basement hall, Ugh. the research room, the main stairway, okay. the children's story room. Mm. And then it's called this, I don't know what it means, but adult services on the first floor. But also task force, if you happen to be in the area, every October, the Willard Library offers free Grey Lady Ghost haunted tours for all ages. Oh, that's fun. And then during the tour, you're going to hear some more stories like the ones we covered, but from other guides and uh, other examples of the Grey Lady in the exact location. They'll take you to those locations where those were sighted. So, for example, they'll take you to the basement hallway where the janitor first saw the sighting, dropped the flashlight and ran for his life. But I have three stills from these cameras. One stands out to me from August 8th of 2003. It was at 3.41 p.m., 13 seconds. The witching hour. And uh, of the day. And um, oh, and mind. these are three popular screenshots because people think that they are capturing evidence here. Now, I'm going to show you because they creep me the heck out. 
Okay. Oh God. I see a well-lit room and mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. a door to like another room that's not lit at all. The other two are a little bit more interpretive, but pay close attention to that second image. And again, task force, if you're watching on youtube.com slash redwebpod, or First if you one. go to our Twitter page at redwebpod, that's where you're going to find any sort of images that we reference. The first one, I don't really see her. That one is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a little interpretive. Uh, Christian Maybe might help point right? it out. But just go straight to that second image. Oh, I'm going to do the second one. Oh, you're last. doing this. Okay. <laughs> so the third <laughs> one is a dark U-bend in a uh, yeah, stairwell. Yeah, it is. This is a the wide staircase. Wow. Now, I believe it's said it, that she is walking down the stairs it on the looks left like, side. It looks like, like the upper left corner of the frame on the mm -hmm. third picture. And she's at the top of the stairs. Upper left of the corner. of the stairs. Oh, the third the picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see that. It looks like yeah. someone in an outfit just walking down the stairs. Hopefully not nude. And then mm -hmm. let me. And then in the first picture, if you look, the three bookshelves in the picture look in front of the one on the left. That figure in front of the bookshelf on the left. It just looks like uh, a kid in a hoodie. If you took out the face, it does look like a shadow figure yeah. at one of the tables. I mean, it looks like a straight up shadow figure. All three of these do, yeah. And then this one is like sitting down, dude. That one freaks me out the most. I kind of can't look at it. I'm not being. I'm not joking. Like it freaks me out. It looks like either a child-sized ghost, or it's hard to tell scale here, but or you know, an adult-sized ghost sat on the floor maybe cross-legged or kind of yeah. or with their knees up and their arms I mean on their there's knees. it just looks like a dark figure what but this one you can tell by the way it's positioned that they're facing the camera and the fact that you can't see any discerning details you can't see the face I see Kat and Christian both have their photos up so they're looking at it too but like it's deeply unsettling it's uh it's weird yeah I mean like it's funny because I've always said, like, oh, man, why can't we get pictures? Why can't we get, like, tangible evidence? Like, <laughs> right. we're in the future now. Now I look at it and I go, this looks set up as hell. Yeah, well, now, now you're just trying to debunk it. You, you it's know, just, it's like, you do, it's you so don't. clear, which is what I wanted, <laughs> but, but it's so weird. <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, it is. It's paranormal. It just looks like It's that's, beyond normal. Like, the staircase is like, there's someone. I'm sure. I'm sure if you looked up, it weird, looks like it's someone in a damn costume. <laughs> it looks like someone in a costume just walking down the stairs, more like it a does. gown or something. Yeah, yeah. it ain't no bananas in pajamas. And <laughs> the first one, I'm like, that's someone in a hoodie. Yeah, and they and how about that one? That found one's a, a way to cover their face. So there's you that, can't that see second anything. one is somebody the in one of those second one is skin suits, yeah. one of those morph <laughs> suits, down. just in a black morph suit sitting down. <laughs> see, to me, it looks like in the second one, like they're crawling toward the camera. Oh God, that's what ooh, I see. Ooh, don't. Yeah. Mm. It, lo like, it looks like, like they're, like they're yeah. crawl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't don't give them. Yeah, <laughs> they're crawling through. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that away. He does. It it looks like someone sat like they are going from cross legged to like starting to enter a crawl, yep. leaning to like one of those like oh I noticed you watching me I'm gonna come through the camera. Yeah, I see the little red light blinking. Yeah. Let me let me come so through the camera. So that was during the day to you. Yeah, that was yeah. You see the timestamp in the photo too. That's, yeah, these are all during the day. And then I guess so. I mean, it's it's being streamed. So were people just like freaking out? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, what? like this is where it entered the realm of the internet, right? It's streaming online, what? and people are kind of camping on the cameras and waiting yeah. for things to happen. But but hey, what gives me solace is that they have been relatively inactive, or at least no stories or sightings oh, for about twelve years. Yeah, twelve years. So we can go spur those up. You know, send you in there. All right, so let's talk about the theories section. Not a whole lot of information here, but um, 
There, the theories aren't necessarily, I should say, who done it, as right. they tend to be uh, for for our podcast. But like who rather, is who is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's discuss that again. It's a ghost, so there's not a whole lot of information to go off of, but rather stories and anecdotes, right? So the most commonly believed theory regarding the identity of the Lady in Grey is that it is the ghost of Willard's still furious daughter, Louise, that she haunts the halls as a punishment to her father for funding the library instead of his children. Now, Louise died on February 8th of 1908 at the age of 64 in the first haunting wasn't reported until 1937 so i don't know if she was like collecting her energy figuring out how to haunt you know for the next 29 years or what have you but there is a difference in time so again i don't know if people become ghosts right away but there is something to be said about the time difference right yeah i mean that's a big time jump mm-hmm. um hmm but the thing is though was like the dar was so vengeful it just seems like this ghost is so playful that's a very good point i Dang, the gut check comes in. I think he's got a sixth sense. So here's the thing. Many people do object, not most, but a lot of people do object to the idea of Luis being the ghost for that exact reason. Yeah. That they think the gray lady would have the opposite personality if it was Luis and she was being vengeful. Oh, yes. Because, you know, the ghost as we see it, as the stories stand, it seems to be that of a timid, shy, gentle, harmless, and perhaps confused ghost. And Luis would have been otherwise very angry, perhaps vengeful towards the library. But that could answer to the throwing of the furniture, or excuse me, throwing of the books and moving of the furniture um, and wanting to antagonize visitors in resentment towards the father to, if there's no visitors, then there's no library. A terrible job. And maybe that's why she retired in 2010. (laughs) She's like, listen, I've been dead for 102 years. I need to bounce. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I mean, you can make an argument for it, but no. Yeah, there's no really commonalities between the last sighting being in August 10th of, of uh, 2010 or uh, February was when she passed away in 1908. So there's no, like, I'm trying to figure out if there's any sort of, like, month or anniversary kind of yeah uh, things that I can draw, like, lines between. But there's not really anything For me, the, the strongest, like, tie would have been, like, the dates. But as, right. as soon as they were so far apart, I went, ah, I don't know. Right. Not that I'm, like, a ghost expert or anything like that, but. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Now, the second and kind of more vague theory for who this ghost is is not really much of an answer at all. It's that this is the kind of ghost of a, a woman, perhaps, who just loved books, maybe yeah. lived in the area and uh, liked books so much in her past life that she couldn't stand to be away from them. And so this being such a popular and uh, well-established old facility uh, with a plethora of books could be a place that a ghost might navigate towards, especially, like I mentioned, having such a uh, wealth of resources for genealogy. You've really got to love books to not, like, pass into the afterlife. That's true. And just stay around in a library. Yeah, I mean... That's wild. That's, what is that, 73 years? Yeah. If if the ghost doesn't pick up activity again, that would be 73 years of, of activity. That is a lifetime's worth. Yep. And you know what? You know what, though? If somebody liked books enough and made that wish of like, you know what? I wish I could live a lifetime in a library just learning. Bam. Absorbing everything Complete. I could. And then she's just going like, hey, I'm just using the elevator like the next person would. Don't be scared. I mean, I would assume you, you're just hanging out and you're confined to a library because um, I just think that ghosts are, would be confined to an area. Right. You would do stuff. Like there's stuff. some sort of energy to yeah, feed off of there. Yeah, you'd do stuff. You'd be like, I'm going to take the 
elevator like I was a regular human. Right. Why not? What could, if you, I'm sure I could float through this, but... Right. Huh. What, what if you, like, passed away and ended up, mm-hmm. you know, be, getting stuck on the highway? Like, I haunt this stretch of highway, or I haunt this porta well, potty People do that, like bridges and stuff like that, That's right? true. Yeah. Where you see them only yeah. as you just approach them, Dude, but only on a misty night. Can you imagine? Like, I would swerve out the way. Yeah, and then you become one of them. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Or it activates my mutant genome. Well, no. Damn. Please don't do that. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's we can talk about the lady in gray, but I don't want to lose sight of this shadowy figure. Um, yeah, who's the second figure? Now, who is that? That's the question. Yeah. And did this shadowy figure that only seemed to show up and have sightings starting around the 80s, this uh other potentially more sinister ghost have anything to do with the sightings discontinuing? Maybe this is the Grim Reaper showing up and being like, "Baby, you got to go to the afterlife yeah. beyond." Time's up. Yeah. Get out. Time to get out. But that is the Willard Library, the story of the ghost of Willard Library. It's a unique one. Very unique. I'm really happy we covered this You were like, this ghost hunts the library. And I went, okay. (laughs) Very (laughs) vanilla, but let's continue. All right. It is what it is. But yeah. Sounds very straightforward, but... But you know we always have those like those little twists live and turns. Stream, yeah, there's a do. reason we cover everything we do. But like live stream ghosts seems like a pleasant haunting, right? Like um, the person that created uh, what is it? Um, starts with a W. No, Carpenter. Willard. Um, yeah, Willard, Willard. Willard Carpenter. Willard yeah. Carpenter seemed like a pleasant person. Seems like a pleasant person. That was a nice haunting. Yeah. You know what? Actually, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm gonna find a ghost out in the hallway. That scared Someone, the crap like, out of me. The trash can outside scared the hell out of Someone's me. Someone's out there banging and slanging weights around. Yeah, like it's just like they're on. a buff scientist looking for some beakers. I get it. You gotta create different gadgets for the task force, but like, come you on, know, we're, you know, settle down. We're, look, we're the top dogs here. I know the shirt's available now, and just because mm-hmm. you put it on doesn't mean you need to. You need to bang and slang. <laughs> You fitness through chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Store.roosterteeth.com if you want to represent. Uh, thank you all so much for who, for the, those of you who have already. But Buff uh, physically or buff in mind? Yeah, we got those buff brains out there in the task force. <laughs> but here's the thing. I want to actually, like, I was going to say, maybe before I got scared by whatever that was, um, maybe the ghost transcended to the internet and we got haunted web pages now. That would be cool if, like, there's haunted websites out there. Yeah, who's to say... I mean, we discussed this, I think, a long time ago, but like, right? They've got to evolve at some point. So well, isn't that kind of the premise of the ring? Technology. Yeah, true. Well, before we leave, I want to end on kind of like a, uh, a little fun note. Um, Gracie put a little fun fact here at the, uh, the end of the outline. And the Willard Library, as this fact goes, is home to the world record of overdue books. Um, not in number, but in length, right? And they have this book on display now. So this book was initially checked out on March 29th of 1937. And would you know it, this book wasn't returned until February 29th of 1992. So you oh. know what? Maybe this was the uh, the unfinished business of the Could ghost. Could you imagine? <laughs> so yeah, you know, maybe they predicted that this book would be uh, checked out and not returned. Now I'm free. And then once the it stayed stable returned. and they put it in, dis- in the display, they're like, I may who's, go now. I mean, honestly, who's to say, man? Right. Like, it totally could have been something like that. We'll never know. Right. Yeah. You'd like to think it's some like complex story. It could have just been as simple as someone really loved that book, had it tied to it, became a ghost, and then it was returned. So they were like, <laughs> I can go home now. Could you imagine checking out a book and being like, my grandkid will take this one back? You know? And then you're just stuck in a library? No, not like ignoring the ghost part, but just oh. being like, you know, in 1937, you're like, I'm checking out this book. 
And then if somebody were to tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, you don't have kids yet, but your grandchild is going to be the one that returns that book. Wouldn't that be wild? I'd be like, damn, like, did I turn into a hoarder? You're right. <laughs> like, what I would have thrown that away immediately. Yeah. Well, anyway, that is the story of Willard Library, the ghost, the identity yet to be determined. We got the shadowy figure, all very unknown. But Task Force, as we mentioned, if you want to check it you out, you want to get your hands pull dirty. Pull it up. Pull it up. They'd stream 24-7. You can check out the library and maybe someday you can see Red Web through those very lenses. If, uh, you know, we get our hands wet a little bit, we get out there and start investigating again. This is something we've been I'm kicking around a lot, Task Force. I'm going to slither around the floor. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. All goopy. That's my ectoplasmic yeah. snake. This is my... <laughs> That's my partner in crime. The, the library is like, excuse me, um, can I help you? Uh, don't bother him. He's an expert in this yeah. field. I'm going to get you, ghost. Follow my slime trail. His methods might seem unorthodox, but damn it, does he get results. <laughs> he gets results. <laughs> the ghost just stick to him. He's just slithering around on a hoverboard, like, greasing up the place. Anyway, thanks for listening. Fredo, I'll see you right back here next Monday for another mystery. Well, unless it's scary. I won't show up. Hmm. We'll see you then.